It's the internet. You're busy. Let's do this. This is the Games Beat the Science podcast. It's the podcast where we decide everything in the world of video games so you don't have to. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is Mike Minotti. I'm Mike Minotti. I'm not the Grubb man. And, and with us as well is Jason Wilson. Say hi, Jason. Hello. In today's episode, we're going to talk about some news. We're going to talk about some games. And we're also going to talk about the lack of games coming out of Microsoft Studios. But first, I want to thank everyone for joining us. You can get more from me, Mike, and Jason at gamesbeat.com. If you have something to share with us, you should email this podcast at gamespluspodcast at venturebeat.com. That's the plus sign. You can also get us on Twitter at, at gamesbeat or at gbdecides. And if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch, there's an audio version of this podcast. You can get that on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere anywhere like that, anywhere where you're catching pods. Finally, if you like the show, review us on one of those services. It helps people find it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, how you guys been? Did you get to get a chance to watch the eclipse this morning? No, yeah. I worked. Not I don't know. I was walking outside when it was happening, maybe, and I was like... You know, I didn't have any glasses. So I was kind of like trying to take a picture of my phone. It just looked like the sun to me. Yep. That's right. That's how it would work if you're just looking at it through your phone. Uh, the phone camera thing didn't work very well for anyone, I don't think. That was kind of a just kind of all around bad advice. I, I, I saw it, though. I had glasses. I had a bunch of extra ones. I was like sitting at Starbucks, like selling them for like five bucks a piece, just trying to make my money back. You know, even um, if I wasn't busy editing your work, I wouldn't have seen it because the fog was so thick in the Bay Area that I couldn't. For where I live, yeah. I couldn't see anything. 300 like, sunny ah. days a year in Denver. So uh, I was counting on being able to see it. And it was very clear. It was nice and it was, I mean, you probably, I mean, I guess if you can't see the sun at all, if it was that foggy, you wouldn't see it. But I don't know. If you look up directly at the sun, even through some of the clouds that did pass in front of us, uh, in front of me for parts of it, I was still able to, still able to see how the moon was like, you know, waning in front of it and stuff. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. I'm glad I got a chance to see it. Um, probably. Won't be uh, able to see the next one. It's coming in like 2024 in North America, and it's on the other side of the country. So we'll see. Um, Do you say that because it's on the other side of the country or because none of us are going to survive till 2020 because of Trump? Well, yeah, all those things, of course. Okay. Yeah. I just yeah. just wanted to ask. I mean, the, the nuclear holocaust, I'll, I'll be able to see plenty of new kinds of eclipses caused by nuclear winter. I'm sure that'll be very fun. Um. I don't know. So you guys been up to anything else other than not looking at celestial bodies? Mm, no, I was in DC last week. No, for nothing too exciting. I got to see the Enterprise model there, though, at the uh, Air and Space Museum. So that was fun. Oh, that's cool. I always like be... how. Sorry. I was just gonna say I always like how the uh, like the NASA museums uh, bring in sci-fi stuff. Yeah, it's well, it used to be in like the basement of the gift shop and it was there for years. I used to always go, you know, check it out, but they finally like moved it up to uh, like the actual like main floor and they like redid it and touched it up. And it's very nice. Now it's classier than, you know, gift shop basement. Well, yeah, yes. exactly. So, so that means that, you know, while C3PO and other star Wars memorabilia was upstairs, Star Trek was slumming it in the gift shop. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that old that old Star Wars. Yeah, I saw that when I was there like a long time ago now. Yeah. I'm so old that when I went to the Smithsonian, there was no Star Wars. No such thing as Star in Wars? In it. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, I was gonna like the idea there if it like <laughs> no no such thing. <laughs> I no, Star Wars is not much Star Wars is not much younger than I am. All right. Yep. I that I, I don't know. Still I would have liked that to be the case. Tickets. Um years okay well yeah so it would have been like had you gone to smithsonian you wouldn't have gotten much out of it um i don't know let's talk about some games i guess in that case i, I know a lot of us haven't been playing anything too much new but mike i wanted to give you a chance to talk about sonic to yell at you. again yeah yes. now that we've uh well now that we've all played it and you didn't, didn't get a chance to yell at us last i was week. pleased that you all like sonic mania but i was very upset that you guys were perpetuating this whole sonic was never good bullcrap that i hear going around these days i don't it's think we said that Oh, you I said think, it. I think I did. I think I said it. <laughs> he, he knows. <laughs> I, I think I said it. Uh, I mean, I I still kind of feel that way, but I, I'm definitely what? exaggerating to it. It was just, it was good in its time. And then when you look, look back and you're like, why didn't it continue to grow in the way Mario did? It's like, why was Mario versus Sonic ever a thing? I think I said that too. What? Like that, that's, oh, that's what I no. didn't really, no. that's what I'm like feeling now today. No, At no. the time, I totally, I got it, but. I don't know. No, I, was, I think those games still hold up as well as any 16-bit platformer 
I think they are hollow. I think those three games are. I mean, they're not gecks. They're Hall of Fame games. Yeah, they're not gecks. (laughs) Oh my god, no! But it's beyond that, Jeff. It's they're they're all time great games. I appreciate no. By no, (laughs) they are all time great games. You mean every Sonic game is an all time great game? No, I mean Sonic One, Two, Three, and CD. Yeah, I I mean the classic two D ones. Those games are are uh, are very good. I definitely like Sonic CD. I think that's the, my favorite out of all of them. I, I liked what Anthony, how Anthony put it though. He was like, it, "Sonic is sort of uh, iconic, not to rhyme, but uh, th- th- you are looking at great character design and some uh, very '90s inspired attitude stuff that uh, a lot of the other games tried to do and didn't pull off at that time. And Sonic very much did, and that's why it's had this lasting appeal. Um, and I I do think all of that stuff was maybe better than the the some of its parts. Um, but yes, I, I'll give you that those games are great yeah, with that so, sort of grown in my voice. So here's, the, here's the two things <laughs> I've learned about it. Here's the two things I've learned about it. Number one, I'm just as bad as Sonic as I was when it first came out. Control Sonic is still a pain, even though I really like this game. And second, my kid is better than I am. Yeah, just, yeah that makes sense. You just don't have those, those Sonic reflexes that you need. Well, I never had the reflexes. Why is Troy Sonic such a nightmare? Why is it so bad? I don't know what you're talking about. I think you're just bad at games. No, it's not it's, a nightmare. Wait, wait, okay, so what's I was your actually, problem? What is the issue? Anytime that you're not going fast, it, it, it's so hard to get Sonic to do the thing you want him to do. It's uh, he How needs to like ju- his jump is weird. It's it's not like if you hold down jump longer, you're going to jump that much higher. It, there's like you either jump like half as high or all the way as high as he possibly can jump. And it's like very finicky. You have to really, really nail it. Um, I don't know. Like, cause like I said, I, I grew up with Sonic, like literally like, like my very, very early days were NES, but right after that was Sonic on Genesis. So maybe I'm just so used to it. Like to me, it's as second nature as any Mario style platformer. It's just, I, well, I think, it makes complete sense to me. Well, here's I, another thing too is, you know, the jump isn't as crisp as it is in the Mario game. No, that's, the, that, no. No, people finish. say that. People always because use Mario as this example of how every platformer needs to control. And they always say things like it's not as crisp or it's not as good. And like, I don't even know what that means anymore. It just doesn't I, feel like Mario. Here's, here's no, what I'll say. No, that's not what I'm saying. What okay. I'm saying is the jump is not as crisp. And the reason What's why it's mean, not though? as... Yeah, explain that. Because, I, I, I have my own feelings on that, but go ahead, Jason. Okay, so... It's a when you jump with Sonic, your your jump is not only it only works if you're going fast because that's how the designers intended. But if you're not going fast, the jump is because that's the way it's supposed to be because you're supposed to be running through the stage right. at breakneck speed. Yes, what I'm hearing is it's not like Mario, right? But in, in, in no, it is you're not supposed. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not criticizing. It's not it's like that. any other platform, right? But the point is that in speed. Mario. You can jump out of standing still and build up momentum that way. You're not going to do that in Sonic. You're going to, you have to build up your momentum first. And it's one of the reasons why they give you the spin dash. So a lot of times that's your move out of like stillness is just going into that. And that's immediately building up your momentum. And I, yeah. I think that but might be one of the reasons why I like this game so, uh, so much better is because it does have that jump into spin dash, which is, oh, and that I thing guess, is, that is a nice that, bit too. That but is here's new and it makes a big difference. Thing. But here's the thick, second thing other platforms, and I'm going to use Mario here. Hmm are very good at teaching you how to do each maneuver. Sonic's not. And as soon as you know how. Here, that, that's kind of like, uh, touches on the point that, you know, my problem with the platforming uh, and the combat as well. I, I don't necessarily know, like, what state Sonic is in, just based on, like, looking at him. Uh, I'll, I'll go to attack an enemy, and I'm like, I think I should be able to kill this enemy, because I'm, like, spinning in midair, and I go to do it, and I still get damage. I take damage, I lose all my rings. Oh, and I'm, I'm just, spikes. I mean, no, like some of them are just like flying in the air and they don't have spikes. And, yes, and I think it's I, it's just it's I am getting more accustomed to understanding if Sonic can damage an enemy or not. But it's it's only because I'm playing this Sonic game so much more than I've played so many other Sonic games. Uh, but I just feel like it's it doesn't do a great job of informing me by like u- using its you know very colorful visual style, which is great in every other way. It's just not great at telling me like, well, you know, what state Sonic is in. Um I, and yes, I think you're right that there is some value in having a game that, that that treats momentum very differently than Mario, and that it's okay that it does that. I just it uh, it is more of a hump. It takes a lot more understanding. It's not quite as intuitive, which maybe I think Jason's 
issue with it, maybe mine up to this point. Um, I mean, I can't, again, I can't comment on intuitiveness because I've been playing these games my entire life. So just yeah, I, used to it. And your brain just, works differently than ours does. Yeah. It yeah all that crack cocaine. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> well, we'll just have to agree to disagree because I'll just keep getting mad and yelling. at everybody. <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll just say that like, if to me, Mario seems to work the way I expect, I predict physics to work in real life. And I think that's where I'm, where when people say, oh, Mario's just better, I think that's what they mean. It's just, it's more accurate to how you understand real world physics. And Sonic now is- Now you're losing me again. Now we, we, we had our resolution here and now I'm like, <laughs> so, completely disagree well, with I'm, you. Sonic's I don't, the, no, Sonic is, because Sonic's the one where you like, will build up momentum kind of like for a longer period of time, especially going downhills and yes. uphills and stuff like that. No, I, I'm not saying, yeah, uh, momentum at the expense of everything else. I, I just think that the- the jumping physics and things like that are—they're fine. They're not, this is not a qualitative. I will, I will agree to you. The jumping physics are unique, especially when you're like on slopes and stuff like that. They're just not. Yeah, they're just not. They're incongruous from what you expect the way reality to work. So you have to like learn Sonic's own unique but physics. I, I, well, that's that's okay. All. But like, I, I I agree with that. But I don't think I agree that like Mario is close to reality physics, and that's why. No, well, not I close think to that's reality. Close to, it just. I think it's it just, just works the how you standard. expect things to. Well, so it works how you expect video game platforming too, because it's the standard. Right, you there could be something there. You could be right. I just like I think you uh, get a new ball and you throw a ball and it bounces the way you expect it to most of the time. And if you got a ball that like doesn't bounce at all, that's kind of what like that's the difference. I think here's here's my question for you guys. Yo, uh, what what platform are you playing it on? Switch, switch. Well, I played it on PlayStation Four and and also Switch. I yeah, I'm playing it on Switch too, which is interesting because it's on a couple platforms and we're, we're all picking Nintendo's. Why is that? Because it's because especially for this game, right? Like some other multi-platform things, like if it was the new Madden, you'd be like, "Oh, it's not going to look as good." But this is, you know, retro 16-bit style game, um, and you know, there's some like it is technically on 4K on a PlayStation 4 Pro, right? And that's nice. But I mean, how much do you really? 1080p is enough, yeah. Right for this, I mean, just the convenience of being able to take it to bed or the bathroom or wherever is really neat. The only performance issue it has compared to the other ones, is a slight frame rain drop in the uh, bonus stage, which you I, won't really even notice. Yeah, I will say that I, I'm getting some crashes on Switch here and oh, there. I never got a crash. No. Yeah, I was I was hearing that was kind of busted, and I huh. didn't experience anything until this happened like the, the night before last, because I can't find yeah. my Switch right I just now. Think I'm kind of panicking, but yeah. Oh, I, I just think it's interesting because, you know, Jeff prefers to play most things on PC because he's our PC gaming editor. And yeah, here he is playing play it on Switch. I'm playing it on Switch, and we all know I prefer playing everything I can on a PC because I'm in front of one more than I am at any other system. And Mike is playing on, on, a piece, on a Switch, too. And I just think, you know, I can't remember the last time there was a multi-platform game that we were all playing on the same platform. Yeah, I mean, th there's clearly something here when it comes to a game on this level. I mean, uh, by the, the, this level, I mean, like, it's a, a remake of classic-looking visuals, so there's no reason. I mean, Mike kind of already explained it, but... And it's funny uh, Yeah, that there's something the, there. You know, that it's a Genesis mainstay, and we're all playing it on a Nintendo console. I mean, Switch is definitely kind of... It seems like the best place for these sort of... Even though this isn't, like, a digital game, but, like, for those kind of, like, smaller team digital games that aren't, like going ridiculous with graphical fidelity or something, right? I mean, you may as well just have it portable if you want it to be. Yep, agreed. I, I mean, if I could stream it from my PC to my Switch, I would totally do that. But the Switch is, uh, the Switch is um, just form factor. It's just so convenient in so many cases. Yeah, it's hard to pass by. Um, I I don't know. I don't really have any other games. I got a new desk with Ikea. Well, what's this Eclipse thing you're talking about? We already talked about the Eclipse. Oh, clips that happen in the sky. We're confused. We're looking at the rundown. We think oh, you he had thinks Eclipse your is a game. Of games, so I thought, yeah, yeah I know. It's like, called it's Eclipse. That was some early Eclipse thing I never it's heard It's what you've of. been up to. Oh, my God. You guys, you guys are very sharp people. God, this is what I have to deal with, everybody. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm also, I've, I've also been sucking, boss. according to my rundown. I don't remember <laughs> writing that, but that's what I've been up to, according to my own rundown. Um, yeah. I don't know. So Anything else? I'm totally I'm totally in the throes of Frozen Throne. Um, Hearthstone's new expansion. Um, I've been playing wait, it wait, a wait. lot. You guys get like two, three minutes of Hearthstone talk tops. You guys, oh. you guys should honestly should start your own Hearthstone podcast and just get okay. it over. But there's a lot of those already. already. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Well, then don't turn this one into one is what I'm saying. So go. You're, you're taking our time right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I know right now the Hearthstone community is losing its, you know, poop over a druid. 
I'm not, but I'm also slumming it at uh, really low ranks, but I'm just experimenting with things. Um, I've played two really stupid decks this last weekend. Uh, one which was actually very effective was a Evolve Shaman with full of just tech cards, and I evolved the tech cards if I didn't need them, and I just played them and messed what, everyone up. Were you and playing I went, that, uh, the Jade Druid tech card? Yes, I played every tech card. I played oozes. I played things to stop spells. That new spellbreaker card. I played silences. I play. I, I, I played dirty rats to break up combos. And I, at one point, I was six and zero with it. And it, just because you know no one's preparing for it, but it was just thwarting a bunch of people. And then I went on a twelve game losing streak with it. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. And and right now, I am playing a rogue deck that's all about. Uh, a couple of the new Death Row cards, but also about drawing cards, plopping down Mountain Giants, and then using so many spells, and then plopping down Arcane Giants, and nobody can stop you. And then when that's all done, you find ways to mill yourself till you break up your Skelemancers, and then you get 8-8 eight, eight Skeletons, and there's nobody can stop two sets of Giants plus two 8-8 eight, eight Skeletons. And that's been Nobody except for me, and I'm stopping it right now. No, if you guys have anything else you want to talk yeah. about, well, but, I, I but, want to talk a little community... bit about this this druid problem. I think I think it is becoming a bit of a problem, and I understand that you know maybe it's too early, maybe we shouldn't all be freaking out yet. But I also hope that it's not going to be kind of the classic Blizzard thing where we don't see a solution to it for a whole other month. That's the uh, big concern, yes. Right, it's that it's because right now it is a lot of druids. You know, they got a lot of really good cards in the expansion. Plus, they have the ramp tools that allows them to play them real early. And even just besides that, it's like, you know, it's either that or you're playing decks that counter Druid, which are aggro decks, and it's like the same aggro decks, right? Like, I don't know how much longer I could play against Pirate Warrior. Like, that's been a thing for so long. I haven't right seen now. one. I haven't seen I've one. I've been in playing the last a few, few today. Days. Yeah, it's been just. A but you're probably bit. at a higher rate than I am. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I think we were always kind of doubting that this expansion could be as good as Angora, which was like the best expansion the game's had. Uh, probably since launch, I think it was probably my favorite one. So, and I, you know, I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to crap on uh, this one right now because it is fun. There are some cool cards in here, but I just, it would just be so much better if Blizzard is just a little bit more proactive about um, kind of adjusting things this time so that we're not stuck in a kind of uh, lame meta. Yeah, and, and to echo the guys on one of my favorite Hearthstone podcasts, it's called The Golden Wisp, and their last plea was to new players. When there's a new set, don't net deck. Try to experiment with your fun things yourself. Right, but I mean, you ultimately can't like trust players to police that stuff themselves. No, no. Right, but I know I what mean, you mean. No, I mean, it, I mean, I that's what I people do. are like, rushing. People are so. I feel people are rushing out to get the best decks quicker than with any expansion so far. Yeah, it's annoying. Is that enough? Jeff, do we have to stop now? Oh, it's always enough with Hearthstone. I, I mean, I, I, I'm being a dick, but I, I used to like. Yes, Hearthstone. you are. I, <laughs> I'm just over it. I, it just, you know what it is? It's, it's just Sonic sucks so bad. That's what it is. <laughs> God. <laughs> so, uh, is the shirt um, text? Is it the shirt text going to be Mike? You know, Jeff makes Mike sad for two hours. It makes me furious for two hours. <laughs> oh. Okay. Makes me like boiling angry. Just not good. Uh, never went to Jason. You you wanted to talk about that? Yeah, I've been playing. News? I've been, I'm not going to talk much about this, but I've just been playing it some more. And um, so I, I'm starting to hit the same problems I had the first time I played through Neverwinter. It, is that it's um, it gets grindy in a way that MMOs don't always get grindy, but that free to play MMOs get grindy, where you feel like you're hitting that. Oh, I've got too much stuff, but I have to buy places to store things, and I don't like that. And, oh, if I want to start getting these other things quicker, I have to buy the currency in order to get the really hot stuff. And I, I'm not enjoying that aspect of it. Well, we should probably move on to news. I, I mean, Mike, did you ever play any Neverwinter? Was that an MMO you ever touched? No, I never touched that one. Okay, I was burned on the first, like, that... Neverwinter Nights game that came out on PC way long ago because I never got into that and I wanted to because I thought the name Neverwinter sounded really cool when I was like 13. It does sound cool. I really it like does. It. That's such a good fantasy name, but yeah, I never actually well, got into Neverwinter. No, that's just, just because, you know, Mike, you know, 
he doesn't realize it, but his war playing Warcraft as much as he does. He is playing D and D. He just doesn't realize it. I, I get it. I get it. And Mike, have you ever played uh, actual tabletop D and D? Just like dabbled here and there. It's always I've been like never one touched of the, it. I've always wanted to. Oh, like I got to get you guys together to play. We should. It's one yeah. of the few generic nerd things I've never really gotten into is D and D. For um, yeah, for and, like and, a, and an anime are like my two barriers <laughs> to being a complete. That's, nerd yeah i this christmas we should like uh, we should like record uh, us playing uh D D like online or something and put that up on the site or something i'm too busy watching star trek and wrestling Play, yeah playing your your uh booby vita games My weeb games oh yeah <laughs> um okay we're gonna move on to the news uh let's just start here right at the top last night microsoft had its game con- gamescom press conference at the gamescom fan event are we yeah, sure okay. they did so I was kind of only half paying attention to this. I don't. I was busy this week, and I don't remember. I'm, I think I was actually. I went to IKEA and put this desk together. So I was like, "Oh man, they're they ha- they're having that thing tonight, aren't they?" That's weird. So Mike, were you paying more closely, like closer attention than I was? No, not like, as it was happening, but okay. Kind of but I mean, like that's that's been the response, right? Like, yeah. they they announced like a stand, a vertical stand for the Xbox One, and that's that's the big thing. Um, but I mean, it seemed like there was some other news, like this record definitive edition. Did that leak beforehand or was that? Yeah, there announced? was, I think we, people had an idea that was coming. Yeah, that was, so that's going to have like the, uh, I guess content that was missing from the end of the game well, that, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I'll tell you, you what, you reviewed like, that, right? I like, yeah, and I liked it, but it was a buggy kind of unrefined mess. So it's definitely a game that could really benefit from. Oh, I mean, it was, and it was literally missing content. They like just cut it out before finish. And then like, it looks like you're going to finish it. I didn't know that. It makes sense now that I hear that. But you know, the question is, did Recore hit with people enough that, no, (laughs) that, (laughs) that those who didn't buy it the first time might buy it the second time. Probably not. Or is it just going to be a case of Xbox players wanting, you know, things they can play that no one else can. Which Xbox One X is going to come out on November 7th and people are going to buy a couple games with it and this might be one of them or it's one of the uh, well, so they they're also going to buy it. Call of Duty and Madden yeah, but I mean, people buy like a. Th- I mean, uh, the Xbox One is as tough as it is, uh, you know, having a, as, as hard of a time as it's having against Sony and Nintendo right now. Its attach rate, I understand, is still relatively high. The people that do own Xboxes are buying a lot of games, uh, so so be, maybe people will buy this. I think it's more likely because apparently Record Definitive Edition is also go- going to be in the Xbox Game Pass, which is Microsoft's ten dollars a month Netflix of games where you get to download the games or whatever. Uh, it might just be one of those things where it's like, oh, there's another game that I haven't played yet that I'd like to try. That's an exclusive. Why not just 10, 10 bucks? I could play it right now. And then they just keep their subscription. Well, you know, you know, frankly, I, I don't have it and I haven't touched it. But, but um, you know, I might be tempted to play something like Recore if I had a $10 subscription a month. And it exactly. And I, it. I think it's I think it's like right on the border where it's like, oh, there's that. And maybe this other game I want to try. Why not just go for it? Yeah, because yeah. I, mean, I like Recore it, enough. If, if you like the idea of a Netflix service for your games, which um, yeah. and, and which is a Does really it? good idea. I love that mm-hmm. idea. You know, paying 10 bucks a month, if you're paying it. And you don't really care what games are on it as long as they're things you're, you know, you find one thing you like. Because even if you don't like it and you put, say, five hours into it, that's still, oh, wait, it was only 10 bucks. Yep. These, these are all things we're going to talk about, I think, in our, our second segment where we actually talk about what Microsoft is doing with its uh, its first party games. And Not much. How it's... Uh, how yeah, and how it views Spoiler. like how it views like creating value for people who buy into its ecosystem. But um, uh, other stuff from Microsoft at Gamescom, well, it is what? publishing Player Unknown's Battlegrounds uh, for the console. So I think Which means the, it's only publishing it on Xbox and not PlayStation. Right. Yeah, yeah, which is and, significant, right? So I mean. I mean, it was always going to be a timed exclusive. Now, I wonder if this makes that timed window longer. I mean, is that the implication here? Well, first of all, the word time exclusive is BS. It's either exclusive or it's not. Right, yeah. So, I mean, it's a timed uh, delay. Uh, You know, it's a purposely organized. Timed exclusive is very convenient when you think about it, Jason. (laughs) But but I know what you mean. You're absolutely right. Um, So, it's not going to come out to PlayStation 4 for a while. We didn't know what that window was. And it seems like this is an escalation of the relationship between Microsoft and Blue Hole, the the developer of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Um, So I wonder if they just, yeah, if it's going to be a longer window or it doesn't affect it or, or what? So my, my question will be, you know, is there a market on Xbox one for this game? I I, I would be very surprised if there wasn't, but will they get the kind of, you know, rabid player base that, that we're finding on the PC side? 
I, it'll, I, it'll probably I, it'll probably be similar to what like Overwatch, right? Where obviously most of its players are on PC, but there's still a, a decent amount on those uh, other systems. Uh, I think it's bigger than you realize for Overwatch. I I, I think it is. Uh, I think it is actually because uh, I thought the same thing of Rocket League for a really long time. I'm like, man, Rocket League that community on PC is so rabid and they're so loud. They must be the biggest one. And no, they're like it's like half the size of Xbox One, which is like a you know two thirds the size of the PlayStation Four. It's 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 it was quite surprising. I think console just tends to sell so many more games that that audience is always looking for. Games. My my question though is you know let's face it, Battlegrounds is janky. And yeah, players aren't used to games that are Xbox that One players, though, are starting to get used to it because they've had Ark in early access for a long time now. Uh, the, uh, what was it? They've had a couple other early access games on there. That yeah, but kind of in a similar vein. Isn't Ark, isn't Ark not as janky as Battlegrounds at this point? At, at this point, yeah. But I yeah. mean, only it's about to hit 1.0, I mean, but it's definitely got some jank to it. I don't know. I don't think people, I mean, it's such a hot game right now. Like even the, the jankiness doesn't even seem to be an issue on PC uh, uh, that much anymore. I think the Xbox One people get used to it pretty quickly. Oh, in fact, like, it might even be more. It might even be less janky in Xbox One, right? Because they're all running on pretty much the same hardware, like I, a little I, different. I told three people at a at a birthday party for a kid I was at this weekend about uh, player unknowns battlegrounds, and I was mentioning they're all Star Wars freaks. I was mentioning that, oh yeah, what a Rogue One screenwriters plays with our group and 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 they said oh and they all end up buying it that night (laughs) and so you know i sold three copies but there you go see you're doing doing your part for blue hole (laughs) these three all have in common is the fact that they are primarily console console players and not pc players and they went and bought it for their pcs yeah i mean it's that kind of game where it's going to get people so excited that they're going to go out and maybe build a pc for the first time ever like it's having that sort of impact but I don't think that's going to hurt its chances on Xbox One. I think that's going to be a huge game. I mean, especially when you look at the holiday relative to like, you know, there's not a lot of games coming out that are exclusive for the for the Xbox One. And this might be the thing that like gets a lot of the, that focus. Um, we should uh, move on. Just other qu- quick things. Uh, Microsoft has the Xbox One S Minecraft bundle, a new bundle. They've had one before, but now it's got like a Minecraft theme Xbox One that does look cool. And it's got like it's like transparent on one side, I guess. I don't know. Um, also, they announced Age of Empires 4 uh, from Relic Entertainment, the people that made Company of Heroes. This is a that, that's a pretty big deal, I think, for that PC gaming audience that has been well, s- skeptical of Microsoft. Well, regardless if you're skeptical of Microsoft or not, it's a big deal just because one of the best studios making strategy games today is turning its attention to Age of Empires. It's just yeah, and it's just nice that like. Almost from the point of view of Microsoft giving a lot of money to this developer that that, that deserves it, like almost from just from that point Did of view, you, it's a good. Although story. I was kind of trying to read, like, because I don't play very many strategy games in general, and I was trying to read what people thought about this. It seemed like I was reading a lot of people were kind of down on Relic. I guess some people didn't like Dawn of War three, which came out not yeah, too long ago. I think that's right, but I, I mean, well, th- I, what's interesting about Dawn of War three is uh, the first Dawn of War was traditional RTS. The second was more of a you know, RPG tactics game that was in real time. And the third is kind of more back to the old RTS form. Yeah, it splits the difference, right? Yeah. Kind of splits the difference. And what's really cool about it is um, the fact that Relic experiments. And it, it, take a look at Company Heroes. The, the first was a total yeah. experiment. And it became one of the yeah, most beloved the- strategy games uh, of, of its era. With an Age of Empires 4, though, I don't know how much you can experiment. I think people are going to well, expect something pretty traditional there. One of my favorite Age of Empire games is actually the one that was on the DS, Age of Kings. Oh, I love that game. That game was so good. That's that was a turn-based sold- one, though, right? Yeah, and that sold me on Age of Empires. God, it was such a good game. I, don't remember that. I mean, not Age of Empires. It sold me on the uh, DS as a system. And yeah, yeah. it just shows it's basically you, like you know, really complicated uh, advanced wars, Mike. Oh, okay. Yeah, and but it just shows you that you know they've exper- you know the folks who who dealt with the IP have experimented once before, and it was a success. A lot of people really enjoyed that. Yeah, and very uh, fondly remembered. Mm-hmm. And it shows that you know this is this is a franchise that's open to experimentation. So I'm really curious to see what Relic will do with it. I think it's going to be a good move, regardless. Moving on. Sonic Mania is the highest rated new Sonic game in 15 years. I, I have the link here. I think this actually goes to the Sega or Sonic account on Twitter. Yeah, it's like, like them who said it. Yeah, so they're like, oh, God. Oh, God, it happened. It, yay. Um, I thought like we're from Sonic. 
Huh? Uh, I thought we were done talking Sonic. It, we're not going to talk about how it's not how it used to not be good and now it is finally. Um, we're not going to talk about that for sure. Um, <laughs> I just want to see steam come out of his ears. Uh, Sonic Mania is the highest rated new Sonic game in 15 years. I think that's I mean it's not surprising based on any of the talk around it. Right. Um, I mean, also, you know, a lot be. of bad Sonic games were out for a while, too. But there's, yeah. some, there's some okay ones, so <laughs> it's very uh, easily yeah. it's very easily the best Sonic game since right. Sonic Knuckles. And I even had some people mad at me when I said that. They're like, what about Sonic Colors and Sonic Generations? I'm like, those those games were fine. Yeah, but... they're, they're fine. Yeah, I mean, I, even I, as a as a absolute non-Sonic fan, uh, can appreciate that that's the case. Uh, so I, I just... I wonder where they go from here. I, I hope they just realize that they can do Sonic Mania 2 with all new stuff. It's going to be they, awkward, I think, when Sonic Forces comes out later this year. Yeah, God. I mean, it just I, seems kind of weird. I hope it doesn't go. I mean, I say it doesn't strike me as this kind of company anymore, but I hope they're not like, oh, we're like either jealous or annoyed that this studio of like kind of Westerners is is taking over and is now the sonic team i don't think sega's like that but maybe i think nintendo would be like that but they're never in that situation like that yeah yeah so i i hope they're just like hey you know sonic mania can totally just keep being his own thing sonic forces is going to come out and it's going to sell to the younger audience that is like watching the cartoon still i think that's who that's aimed at that's and that's fine i think they can have both i think both can exist i just Sonic Mini 2 should just be more of this with a lot of a lot more new levels. And then they well, should also start doing Streets of Rage Mania and well, a couple of things. How do we know Echo. that they, how do we know that Sega will have a, a sequel for it? Because it's gonna sell so well they it's have gonna it. sell. <laughs> I think it's gonna sell pretty well. I mean if Crash Bandicoot sold as well as it did, uh, Mark by Word, Sonic Mini is gonna sell pretty well. Yeah, I still don't understand how that happened. It just turns out I they, told, these things. I was are... telling you all, oh, we got to talk about Crash Bandicoot doesn't feel as good as Mario now because that was happening too. <laughs> that was a thing. All no, they, the, the story there was Crash Bandicoot doesn't feel as good as old Crash Bandicoot. People were mad that the jump wasn't right in this new one compared to the old one. So, so yeah, God, just, no, nothing's as good as Nintendo, Mike. Shut up. Apparently. Uh, um, Jurassic World Evolution announcement trailer. So this is this Jurassic World theme park creation game. Uh, it kind of seems like how the hell has this never happened before? There was one. There was one before okay. a long time ago for like PC. I never really played it, but some people liked it. Okay. Um, it, but what's neat that that's happening? But what's really cool about this is it's Frontier Development. Yeah, I didn't care about this till you told me that. So yeah, so that's the folks who, who make Planet Coaster, and it's the first time they're take, making a a theme park game that it's an IP, and so this is quite significant because Planet Coaster, you know. It, whips the butt of um yeah. what it is good stuff roller coaster tycoon and everything else yeah yeah when it comes to roller coaster tycoon it, it whips its butt thank you yeah, uh, it's the uh, it's the city's whatever that city's game is yeah, like city's SimCity. yes exactly and oh, and, and to see you know and you think about it frontier developments has two excellent games out uh, these days that they're supporting very well um when, when you when, when you look at um the Planet Coaster, and then we look at Elite Dangerous, a game that just continues to grow with its support of live services. I'm just thinking about how those games are so different and yet kind of for the same people in a way. Um, yes, that, that, I'm, I'm excited that that developer has found a way to like really build on, on its success with Planet Coaster. Oh, God, I thought you were just going to make a life finds a way joke. <laughs> no, I would I would just make a Goldblum joke. Hey, Jeff, you see that? How Planet Coaster teamed up with Cedar Point to like show off their new coaster. That was really neat. I was hearing about that. And I, I was wondering if that was the like the Planet Coaster people because I was only kind of half hearing it. But yeah, I, I love that. Cedar Point, Ohio. Obviously, man, you I, did read Mike's story, Jeff. I did yeah. not. No, I, God, if I read Mike's story, I think about his face and it's a whole thing. Very upsetting. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, Cedar Point, I, I grew up on that place. I went there for like a band, like the band trip and like. Oh, it's an amusement park in Ohio, Ohio, Michigan deal. Yeah. yeah. What, what's that? Wait, what's that, Mike? You said it's it was a, a big deal in our area, though. Yeah, yeah, Michigan, area. absolutely, yeah. And then what you say, Jason? You said, uh, oh, I just said where it was and what. It yeah, is. San, because it's Sandusky, Ohio. Yeah, because Mike wrote this up, and it's like, okay, what's a Cedar Point? I thought it was a roller coaster. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a huge deal in the Midwest for sure. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. No. Anyone in the Midwest knows all about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Magnum roller coaster. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I could just talk about Cedar Point, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah, so, we don't um, really have. We don't have an analog in Northern California. 
Yeah, I'm trying to like a, a maybe Magic Mountain. I guess was kind of oh, something. That, I don't. Know. That's in Southern California. Yeah. Okay. So it's just not and that's always been, and that's a Six Flags park. Yeah, and they're, I don't think they're quite as big as Cedar Point. Cedar Point can kind of expand because there's so much space in Ohio. Um, no, uh, enough of that. Uh, so Valve kind of got like a lot of people upset at it last week because they very they came out very firmly and said, "Hey, if you were trying to take advantage of our free keys that we give to developers." Uh, we're going to maybe investigate you and see if you're actually trying to take advantage of us. So if you've only sold a, sold a, sold a thousand copies on steam and you request 500,000 uh, free keys on the, for the steam store, uh, we're going to look into you and people were starting to freak out thinking, Oh, now valve's going to stop giving out free keys. They want to lock down their platform. They don't want to like open this up to developers. Uh, but they've come out with a statement. I believe this was on Reddit and here's, here's what it says. I'll just read it. It's completely okay for partners to sell their games on other sites via Steam keys and also run discounts or bundles on other stores and will continue granting free keys to help partners do those things. So they don't want to interfere with that stuff. It's just very much about people abusing it. And it seems like it might be coming from uh, trading cards where people want to make a really shitty game and then issue a bunch of free keys and then redeem those keys and sell trading cards for five cents a piece and eventually start making a profit at some point. I, I don't know. It seems like money laundering to me, uh, but I, Valve se- Valve is, just seems like it's cracking down on the right things here and not trying to affect anyone that might be, get ca- caught in the crossfire. So I, it seemed like it was one of those overblown things when it first got announced, and now Valve's starting to clean it up like it always so, does. So my question is, how much how much when it comes to development time that you put into a bad game, quote unquote? You know, how much does that cost versus how many of those five cent, two cent, one set, you know, one quarter of a set trading cards you have to sell to make that up? That just seems ludicrous to me. I mean, what you're doing here is telling me, like, give me all the questions I like. I should go investigate and we should write a story about this. I'm I'm trying to. I'm thinking about it Um, because, like, clearly there is some interesting economy there happening where at some point it becomes profitable or maybe some people are just lunatics and they are they're losing money and they don't realize it. But I doubt it. Typically, when you when you hear about a scheme like this, it's because someone's done the math and they realize how they can make money with very little effort. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'd have to actually like talk to some people in that scene and see how it works. Uh, and we'll try to do that and see if we can get it up on the site. I can see though how some people would freak out, especially not not just selling it on other things, but you know, doing humble bundles. Yeah. Yes. Totally. It, it's it's you know, Steam keys are what everyone wants when they buy a game, no matter where they buy it. So. Uh, that could have, I'm sure it shook a few people, but it was never really a problem. I think this is the same uh, guideline that the Steam has always had. So it's just they've come out and said it and we're very firm about it. Mass Effect Android or Andromeda, I'm sorry, update Mass Effect from the Android studio. might have done better for them. Maybe. <laughs> uh, they're done making single player content for that game. No more, not even updates, like just to like make it work better. Uh, that game has been abandoned hardcore. The multiplayer is still going to get updated because for some reason people play that. That's it baffles me, but uh, yeah, that game came and has already went. Um, CC now, later. Now I, is this because people just aren't playing the single player anymore? Yeah, I mean they're not playing it, and no one's buying it. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it peaked, and it's not gonna like like it's not it's gonna not show up back. in the top ten again. I mean, Grand Theft Auto Five has already outsold it for the, for this year, so I mean. Well, Grand Theft Auto Five outsold a lot of games. Yeah, totally, it has. But Mass, it should, it shouldn't have outsold a new Mass Effect, like uh, you know the five-year-old Ma- uh, Grand Theft Auto Five mm-hmm. should not have yeah, outsold a new. The one game. game kind of really turned that franchise into like something that was maybe going to be evergreen for a while. To no, it's done. I mean, it's done at least for it, like no, a no. While. You're, you're you're right, totally, it's done. But I think that has more to do with the way EA treats its things. It's it doesn't want to fuck around with anything that's not a guarantee and now they turned it from a guarantee to not a guarantee with one game so did I but mean, did the, that damage start with mass effect 3 a yeah, little I, bit but i think people were willing to forgive that uh if this one you know was right a, a good game yep i mean I, I i would think you know you bring back casey hudson and right there you're like oh we could do another mass effect now uh, but they're not going to do that because yeah um Finally, Crackdown 3 delayed to spring 2018. Uh, this is something we could talk about more in the second segment, but uh, boy, Microsoft doesn't have a lot of games this holiday. They haven't had a lot of games this entire friggin'. It well, feels like they've taken 2017 off, which is a strange thing to say about a company that's releasing like a quote-unquote new system. Yep. 
But and this is this is something we're, we'll talk a lot. But a t- oh, I'm sorry. We'll talk a lot more about in the second half. Uh, first, we're going to go to a break, and when we return, uh, we're going to talk about how Microsoft just isn't isn't really doing a lot in terms of first party development or even first party publishing. Uh, we'll be right back. I got a restroom. Yep, no problem. Just don't talk during the uh, commercial break this time. That Going to the restroom now. Oh, I dropped my headphones. <laughs> ah, there they go. God. Mike. Whether developing, playing, or simply hosting games on a server, Intel makes it happen. And Intel wants to make sure the biggest innovations in gaming continue to happen on the PC by giving developers a hand with the Intel Game Dev Program. All you have to do is sign up, and Intel will provide the resources necessary to help you continue to innovate and make gaming even more amazing. Head on over to the Game Dev program at software.intel.com gamedev to get started. Again, that URL is software.intel.com gamedev. All right, Jason, we're back. Um, we're going to talk about how we heard Mike flushing the bathroom on the podcast, which is always a great audio journey for everyone involved. Yep. Yeah. So as soon as he gets his headset, Mike, I hear you. But yeah. Well, you know what else we heard? My toilet flush. <laughs> oh, that's the good stuff. That's uh, it's uh, just like I was telling Jason, it's an audio journey that I love taking. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> you seem to okay. wash my hands. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think that's what our listeners come to us for. That's right. Jason disagrees, I think, but I, I'm, yeah. I don't know. I'm all for it. It's the uh, it's the sonic of podcast. Right? Jason yelled at me for flushing when I was in San Francisco because of the water drought. I'm like, I don't know about this. <laughs> I feel like I should still be flushing toilets. There, I'll, I'll bring yellow. it right next time. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we are going to talk about that thing we just talked about, Crackdown 3 getting delayed, uh, and putting Microsoft in a situation where for the entire year of 2017, they were only going to publish three games. Uh, that was Forza 7, Halo Wars 2, and uh, Super Lucky's Tale. Uh, for the, the, uh, I like how Super Lucky's Tale counts. I, thought- I mean, it's they're publishing it. Like I was like being very like generous in terms of how I was counting things. This but is not digital. This is retail games. So aren't they publishing yeah. Cuphead too? Uh, Cup. Yeah, okay, maybe Cuphead was the uh, yeah. So maybe it was four. Uh, instead of three. So wait, what did Cuphead. I? Yeah, Cuphead should be coming out this year. Right? Isn't that the whole thing? September yeah. 17th. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, so, Studio MDHR is publishing Cuphead, not Microsoft. Okay, so that, that is what it is. All right. Yes, that's it's an exclusive for the Xbox. It. And PC, but they're not publishing it. So that's where I was going with that. Just wondering what Microsoft Studios is doing relative to Nintendo's publishing efforts and Sony's or Activision EA, anyone else. Um, they are now also publishing Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. And if that comes out in 2017, that'll be another game. So that will bring them back up to four. Uh, but that, again, that's not a first party like development effort. That is just a first party publishing effort where they are taking someone else's game and making sure it gets the support it needs, which is, you know, there's still something to that. It's just not what we've come to expect from our big platform holders in consoles or even, you know, even PC. I mean, I guess Valve being the exception there where we they're very much not making a lot of games. But uh, Microsoft is not Valve. No, this is very strange. I mean, the, the games that you mentioned, you have Halo Wars 2, which is despite being a quote unquote Halo game. That's my phrase today is quote unquote. Uh it's, you know, it's a console RTS, right? Like, it seemed like nobody even really talked about that game when it came out, right? It's it's not a huge deal. I think people that re- like the, that like those games really like that game, but there are not a lot of people who like those games. I mean, if they're not StarCraft 2, and even StarCraft 2 has started to kind of, you know, fade away. Right, so that seems like not a huge deal already. So there's that. And then um, the Super Lucky Tales is just, you know, a console port of a platformer for virtual reality that people were always kind of like, yeah, this is kind of cute. It seemed like people liked it because of the virtual reality, not because of its platforming. Um, I liked it because it was in virtual reality. I'm not convinced of how it's going to translate into, uh, you know, being on a TV. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know, but it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And then Forza, you know, Forza's nice, but man, there's been a lot of Forzas. Yeah. And it's, and again, it's, that series has established itself as maybe the premier racing franchise in all of gaming. 
But if you don't like racing games and you don't like like real-time strategy and you don't care about some VR port, um, Microsoft doesn't have a lot for you this entire year. It has zero for you. I mean, PUBG on console does make a difference and they are publishing that. And that is that what they're relying, completely relying on? Where are the games from Microsoft? It's just so strange. Here's here's my question. Weren't we asking this question about Sony in 2015? Yes, uh, but, but that, okay. it was a little and, bit and, earlier in the game. You know, it, it seems less forgivable in 2017. Yeah, but what did what was Sony, you know, preparing to do? They were preparing to launch their next big console the next the next year, which was the Pro. So could this just be a case of where Microsoft was focused on the next Xbox, and we'll be making this up in the following year? No. So okay. So here's what I here's my idea behind what you just described. Uh, it's it's going the wrong direction for Microsoft. I I did a tweet and I'll, I'll get it up in here in a second. Uh, Microsoft has made fewer and fewer games over time. Um, Sony has ramped things up in the opposite direction. Is starting to make more and more games each year. I think 2015 Sony was still in this place where, uh, you know, just like 2014 and 2013 before it, they didn't invest a ton in first party development because they didn't know the PlayStation Four was going to sell like it did. They they're coming off the PlayStation Three, which was disappointing. Uh, it, it didn't sell very well. They were far behind Microsoft in the United States where most people, you know, the biggest gaming market. So Sony was playing it very conservatively and they're like, hey, we want to have this console. We want to have this platform. It does make us money, but it's not going to be this huge thing and we don't want to make a bad bet on it. So we're not going to put a ton of money into first party development and publishing. Once, you know, 2013 happened and, you know, the, it was a huge success. And then all of 2014, it continued to be this huge success and it was just selling uh, so much faster than any other Sony console so far, um, they were like, "Oh God, we got to put a ton of money into the, into publishing." And now we we are starting to see the uh, the results of that realization at, at the beginning of this year when there were so many huge Sony games. Uh, you, know, you know, last year, and they're going to see it probably through next year as well. Um, and that's that is the traje- traje- trajectory that Sony is on, where Microsoft is just like you know having maybe a couple of games that didn't perform like they did and now they're starting to get skittish and maybe they are starting to say maybe we should be shouldn't be putting a ton of money into first party development that's where I, that's the big difference i think and you know you're talking about last year jason um it's just off the top of my head you they at least had uncharted 4 uh that year and I, I was talking i was referred to 2015, so 2015. As okay the, then the slow year for them was it yeah but two, like, again two, but see even then, we knew that their next year would be a good one, right? And even that year, but 2015, you still had Bloodborne, right? You still had, uh, yeah, uh, like what Ratchet and Clank was maybe that year or something like that. There, there's still things, a couple, still of things. probably a better year than Microsoft's having now. Yeah. Um. But here's here's my question. You know, with so many multi-platform games, especially so many of the biggest franchise we. Tri- Franchises, excuse me, being multi-platform doesn't matter. It matters. This is matters. So well, okay. So okay, I think- and, and and back it up. Where's your proof? Because people are always saying it matters, and I never see proof. Well, I think Sony's the proof, but I mean, I, I think I do, Jason. I think you you're right that that's what Microsoft's argument would be. But I mean, Mike, you did say it matters. Explain why. Well, people make first-party games. I think that's some proof, right? If that didn't matter, I don't think you'd be bothering to do that spending all I mean, this money establishing franchises would where, where the hell would nintendo be if it didn't make first party games right yeah, would, but I mean, that's the yeah but nintendo's the one that seems to be that the first party matters to me I, I you think, know i, I think, per, I think it, sony and microsoft could be nintendo if they yeah here, here's what they could be if they, here, if they believe that they could be or, here's my, or here's, is it the fact that you know you've got one system where you have a better breadth of experiences than you do on another you take a look at sony and with their third-party publishers, you have more people making RPGs for their system than for the Xbox. You have different types of sports games than what you get on the Xbox. You have a lot of smaller shooters than what you get on the Xbox. You have, you know, all kinds of the experimental indie games that were appearing there. You've got some VR stuff now. This is it just the fact that more people are looking at Sony and the fact that folks there who are making games for it, be it first-party or third-party, are just doing different things well we can talk about first party or third party but it's ultimately exclusives and the problem with microsoft is that because they they, they don't have a big japan factor right a lot of their exclusives are going to come 
from within. So they should be incentivized to make more first-party exclusives. And instead, it's the opposite, where they make less. Um, like So, Jeff, I mean, has, has Microsoft beaten Sony one month this year in the MPDs? Um, I th- I think maybe maybe one. Yes. Uh, and this was, was a year, right? And this was possible, yeah. It's usually this was a year where Sony had what Horizon, Nier Automata, Neo, Crash Bandicoot, all of these exclusives that were all getting you know good sales, great word of mouth, a lot of you know internet mindshare, just people talking about them. I think that definitely matters. Well, remember, was it Neo? It's on PC. Well, okay. yeah, but that, that's, the, I mean, that's, we, we already, thing. we actually already talked about this earlier where we said that, you know, Rocket League and, and Overwatch actually tend to sell better on consoles. Like if Overwatch is actually selling better on consoles than PC, which I, I don't, we don't know that for a fact, but I wouldn't be surprised if that were the, the case, then I just, it just seems like consoles are such a different conversation uh, than a game that happens to be on both one console and PC. Um, we seen Microsoft doesn't care about that. They're, all of its games are on PC and Xbox one. Now all of its first party games, um, they, they, they definitely see that as, as not an issue anymore. I, so I, I actually, so I got the, the chart up and, um, I'll just run through this. Let's start in, you know, t- 2010, uh, one of the peak years for Xbox 360, Microsoft studios published 11 games to retail. And these are all retail releases. They don't include Xbox live digital only. That's a, another conversation. It's related, but it's another conversation. Um, uh, so in t- 2010, it was 11 games in 2011, they had eight and then 10 and then seven, 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 five, three. So um, it, there's a clear pattern here. And it, so I think one of the issues is games are getting more expensive. Well, was a part of this also is they had Bungie and uh, 343 working on Halo games at the same time too. No, was there ever a cross tie between those two? I thought they were pretty. I think there might've been some overlap there at the end, but it wasn't, they never released games simultaneously like while Bungie was still. Yeah, playing. but he still had two, two suits. Let's say that gives them one, then they're at four this year. Big whoop. Yeah, it, it, there, there was some. Yeah, I, I just don't think that that's. Uh, it, I mean, that's the point, though, is that they had a, a huge studio, and instead of making a, a studio that could go on to make a game like Destiny, they made a, a Halo factory in three four three, and then they made a Gears of War factory, and then I think beyond that, they have their Forza factories, and then they don't really they're not really concerned with making anything new. Uh, this is another point I brought up. Phil Spencer, I think did a really good job of fixing a lot of the problems that many gamers had with the Xbox one. He turned it, turned it into a console that you could, you know, realistically own and get enjoyment from and play any third party game and a couple of Microsoft exclusives and be happy with, uh, except for he hasn't established an identity of releasing games that will define the Xbox one in the way that so many games define the Xbox 360, like gears of war, uh, you know, it wasn't first party, but call of duty. They got, they made a bunch of good publishing deals with call of duty to help that define that system. But he hasn't done that. Are we going to see a case though, where what defines the Xbox are the PC games that you can play on the Xbox. that you can't play on the PS4 or you may not have a gaming rig to play. You know, for that audience, you take a look at Path of Exile, and it's got 16 million players worldwide before it even went to Xbox, and now it's on the Xbox. You got Peabun coming to the Xbox. I wonder if that's going to be the market that puts them over. I So here's what if, I think Phil Spencer has already kind of explained his reasoning here, I, and I don't think that's it. He comes out and says, uh, basically, we don't want to invest in a lot of huge single player games in the way that Sony has. Because I play 700 hours of Destiny. This is Phil Spencer in the first person saying he plays 700 hours of Destiny. And most games that are going to be huge these days are these games that are online connected experiences that people play for really long times. So we want to invest in fewer games that are bigger and are services and last forever. Um, And I think this has been a detriment. I think that that strategy is, while, while it's true and it's accurate, it is a good representation of how much of the gaming market works today. Uh, both Sony and Nintendo have correctly predicted that these prestige games are the things that convince this core audience to pick up your system in the first place, and then they end up playing those service games on on your system afterwards. And I think Microsoft has just missed that 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 is a core part a, a core part of its strategy. That you can't get people buying Splatoon two unless they buy Breath of the Wild first. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it makes such a huge difference for Splatoon two, which was the top selling game on a you know as a console exclusive. For Arms, even I mean, why did Arms yeah. sell anything? How many of those people yeah. own Breath of the Wild? And that was, yeah. uh, why is that they, why they got a Switch? And 
yeah, I just, I just, in this, about the Xbox One specifically, that sales pitch just seems so hard to me without some kind of compelling software. And, you know, maybe Crackdown 3 was never going to be it anyways, but it was something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it, I think it's just, it's even beyond, like, just the console-exclusive argument or, or um, yeah, the pitch for the Xbox One argument. It's, it's where does, like... Where are Microsoft's values when it comes to games? Does it value original creation of, of new properties? And it just, it's so far, it doesn't, with the Xbox One, it doesn't seem like it does. And it doesn't I, seem like that's where its interests lie. I think it hurts but the whole Jason, you're, Jason you're muted. I'm sorry. I think it hurts the whole oh, upgrade sorry. idea of, because I mean, I'm just looking at this year thinking, do I need an Xbox One X? And I'm thinking to myself, I barely played my Xbox One this year. Why would I pay hundreds of dollars for slightly better graphics on a system I'm not really playing? And I'm looking ahead. And I see the games, and I, I mean, I don't need any of that. But we, you're talking about making new original single-player games. What do you mean by that? Do you mean new properties? or something just like Horizon. Let's say new, something okay. like Horizon. Because you take a look at Sony, they're doing some of that, but you know, also you know, Bloodborne, well, that's just another Souls game. You know, yeah, but it's C15. That's, that's, so that's a 15. Well, that's well, a multi platform game. That's not even them. You know, yeah, and they, and they didn't know. publish that either. Like, I mean, that, no, so but it's not... you know what I mean. You know, yeah, another version of MLB the show. So it doesn't get flying colors on that either. And in fact, I've yeah. been critical of them before. This is true for both people. They both companies have done a very bad job of making new franchises this generation. Like, Horizon seems like the only. Big example I can think of of Sony or Microsoft making a new AAA game in this generation, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that's going to be a thing." There will be a it's Horizon just relative, too. right? It's just um, relative to just, one. But they're doing a better job than Microsoft, which they, they at least seem they're at least making the effort at all. And and Horizon, I think, is you have to acknowledge it as a turning point of saying it, it sold really well. It was a risk, and they did it, and and it worked. And you know they. They could have been really risk averse, like it seems Microsoft is, and companies like even like even if we get away from the platform holders, uh, companies like Electronic Arts, very afraid of taking those kinds of risks. They're not making a lot of original uh, 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 properties anymore. They're you know they're shutting down their successful properties like Mass Effect. Uh, they want nothing to do with that kind of stuff. Uh, but Microsoft, it doesn't have the doesn't really have that same luxury that EA does. Um, Microsoft has to sell its platform as well. And I know it, it, I know this is the other part of the argument for Phil Spencer is we just want people using Xbox Live. We want them playing all their games through there and they could do that on PC and they could do that on Xbox One. We don't care. Um, but you're just, if that platform could wither and die so quickly if, it, it, you know, out of nowhere, it could just vanish in front of their eyes if they aren't bringing people to the platform in the first place with these tent poles that they can't get anywhere else. Um, and, yeah, I, I just I, it's it's surprising that it feels like they still don't see that. But let's um, not forget that there probably is no Xbox without the first Halo, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I know it's a different time, and but I don't think it's I don't think but. it is that different. I think that's what Sony and 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 definitely Nintendo have proven that mm-hmm. you don't like like it's the, it's not the PC, it's not Valve owning Steam and making things so convenient on this open platform that everyone defaults to Steam. Because it's just like, of course, I'm going to buy my games on there. It's the easiest place to manage my games, my friends, and all this other crap. Um, and they have really great sales, so I'll just buy my games there. Uh, the, you know, you're you're controlling closed platforms, and you're trying to convince people to buy into these closed platforms. And you just have to do that with huge, attractive single player, not just a single player, but original content. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're already, I mean, the PlayStation Four is already outselling the Xbox One, right? There's already a lot of people playing those multi-platform games there. Yeah, and it's, well, how are you possibly going to get them to switch with nothing? Yeah, and uh, even like Halo Six and, and a new Gears of War game, Is that new a- Forza, like those, like those are cool. But maybe, I, maybe do something new with those same franchises. That that even that's what I'm talking about when I say like original content. Just to surprise the people. I think that's what we need. I think it's going to wrap it up though. Any other thoughts on this, guys? Sonic One is good. Mm. Um, Sonic Two, I, I, maybe. The one thing we didn't say about Crackdown. Three is that if it makes the game better, isn't this a better move for everyone? Well, that's I, yeah. I, I think almost everybody agrees that Crackdown Three kind of looked like a game that probably needed to be delayed, anyways. I, I know a lot of people who did play it actually did talk it up and say it turns out it's really super fun. Uh, but I don't. That narrative was buried by oh, this looks like a bad game just because of visually it looks like last generation. So I giving it some more time to fix those visuals is probably smart. 
I think in the end, for sure. Yeah, and I think with this console console exclusivity argument, that's been lost. Is the fact that I mean, see, but I don't the, think I don't think too much of it is. I don't think any of the criticism is actually about Crackdown Three per se. It's just a matter of how much it highlights there this one, Microsoft yeah. problem. Yeah, well, like it still like, ignores it, this, this this game. That yeah, totally. But if, if Nintendo delayed a couple of it, like one of its games from this holiday. Uh, even Super Mario, uh, uh, whatever the Odyssey, if even if that game got delayed, they would still have you know Mario and Rabbids, uh, Pokemon Tournament, uh, a couple others that like are you know the, these are games you can't get anywhere else. They're original, they're interesting at least. Some of them might be well, very good. Pokemon Tournament you should get on the Wii. U. No, yeah, that's I mean, new totally, characters. No one owns, no one, owns, yeah, no one owns a Wii U. So it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, so it, it, there's there's. So that's the argument is that when you move a game into the next year and then you look around and there's nothing else and in any direction at all, uh, that's the problem. Like you, you need to be able to delay games, but you need to be able to serve up content to your, your player base. That's still going to get them excited when you do end up doing that. But yeah. And then you, know, you look at that, that list, Microsoft could have done that in the past in 2012, it had 10 games. You delay one of those games. You still have nine games from that year. And, you know, throughout this, you know, I have been, more on the defending Microsoft side. No, so I, I, I will say that, you know, I definitely play my Sony consoles far more than I've ever played Xbox <laughs> consoles, just because the kind of games I want tend to be on Sony consoles. And I, I've been you, playing Sony consoles since the first. But that's the yeah, problem. Do, if, if, good if the, devil's if, advocate position. Yeah, if the only games on the Xbox One are just the games that are also on PlayStation 4 and then a couple exclusive. But, I mean, the only other thing which you mentioned might save them is if they get some of these niche PC, not niche, but these PC titles that you're typically only PC titles. If all of those only go to Microsoft's instead of Sony, maybe that's something, but not, I don't know if that's enough. Well, you know, there is nothing wrong with owning a niche. Look you at Sony. You want to be first place. You know, I mean, you know, look at Sony. They own a couple of niches and that has helped them. Or Nintendo. Yeah, but they own a they, bunch of niches, though. But they also that those niches that they own help them own a perception among a huge population of the gaming audience. Where the niche, the niches that Microsoft own, I don't. They don't have that same reverberation through the community. Like, yeah, I, yeah, because yeah, we but, don't know which ones they might end up owning next year or the year yeah, after that. But they're not. Yeah, no, totally. Yes, just so far, it's just because they're not. They're so not interconnected in the way that like when you look at the niches that sony owns they're very much going to appeal to people who like anime and like japanese culture i thought their niche was that they're the all-in-one entertainment device (laughs) hey i still plug it in well until i had i don't have cable anymore i just finally canceled it but i still had it plugged in and (laughs) that was the most hilariously like this type thing ever was like and what's so funny about about that is what what do i use for my quote-unquote cable playstation view yeah which is a fantastic service yeah, it's gotten a lot better apparently. So that's that's impressive. The the uh, sling one that's on Microsoft, the equivalent, not as good. Doesn't have as good of a DVR thing. So what the hell? All right, I'm done talking to you guys. Leave me out. Yep, here. yeah. I think we're actually completely done. So did we break Mike? Yeah, we. Uh, that's how you know it's a good podcast, people. Hey, that's this a good is, episode. I'm on the Michael. clock as far as I'm concerned. You got me on till nine. What the heck? I'm not coming <laughs> in tomorrow. Uh, Mike, why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet? So when you're not on Gamesbeat.com tomorrow. <laughs> you can find me at gamesbeat.com except for tomorrow. Uh, I'm also doing the Exploding Barrel podcast at ebpodcast.com. Uh, <coughs> this week is our 10-year anniversary. So, Oh, yeah, that reminds me. This was our 50th anniversary uh, episode. Uh, 50th so, episode. Yeah, so, like, Mike, would you ever imagine anything lasting 50 <laughs> episodes? Yeah, try 500. <laughs> That's uh, impressive, man. Actually, That's so nuts. Actually, That's yeah, a I'm big number for a podcast. Yeah, it's crazy. I thought just, 100 was the number that counted. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just being facetious because he's going to get the podcast is getting 500. You defend Microsoft to the end of the earth, but then you sh- go down Jethro. I see how it is. I see how it is. This is how you do me, Jason. We're going to crap on Jeff and Sonic. <laughs> One of those things deserve it. <laughs> Sonic, yeah. Oh, no. Well, I did have chili egg curry. No, oh, God. Chili. Well, hey, chili dogs. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, that was a really awful like line of thought right there, Jason. Where can people find you on the well, well, other than I, the bathroom apparently? Yeah, well, when I'm not bugging these guys on Gatesplay.com, you'll find me on my Twitter, Jason underscore Wilson. And always happy to talk RPGs with y'all. What are those? I like some like nerd. I things. do like RPGs. Jason, should I? I, want, he, I think he's talking about pen and paper RPGs too. I need to get on that Trails of Cold Steel stuff, man. Gotta get on that. I'm Jeff Grubb on Twitter. 
spelled like it sounds. Uh, I have a YouTube page, youtube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. On Friday nights, I'm going to try and make it a regular thing. We are doing these big uh, Player Unknowns Battlegrounds tournaments on our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash gamesbeat. Come join us. It's, uh, it was a really big audience this last Friday. A lot of uh, viewers was. came and played with us. It was. Um, and lots of chatter online about it, too. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And so What's really cool about these is, you know, Jeff is, it has, is transitioning more from someone who plays to somebody who just commentates yeah, about it. <laughs> no, it's actually a lot of fun. It's, it's totally really cool. I like it. I should just be your colored commentator next time because I'm so bad. Yeah, totally. I'm not going to last long anyways. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Like, it, and it's grown really quick. Like we did it the first week, it was like you know two hundred people at the max for watching. And this this week, I think uh, we had like five hundred people. So it's growing quick, and those games are going to start filling up really quick. So if you want to join us, usually like eight p.m. Pacific time on Fridays is when we start. Uh, that's going to do it. I want to thank everyone for listening. We will be back next week. Until then, have a good one. Thank you all.